I'm Maria, and welcome to the 3L podcast series, Limited Liability Leadership, Raising the Bar in Leading the Bar. Thanks for checking out our upcoming limited podcast series developed and produced by Class 8 of the W.N. Reese Smith Jr. Leadership Academy Program of the Florida Bar. Good morning. I am Nikisha Pryor, and I am a member of the Florida Bar Leadership Academy Class 8. Thank you so much for joining us uh, today as part of our series of curated discussions with Florida Bar leaders. And today we have with us the very distinguished Mr. John Stewart, (laughs) who is the immediate past president of the Florida Bar. Before I jump into our discussion, I want to give you a little bit of a brief brief background introduction on Mr. Stewart, not that he needs any introduction, Um, but uh, John Stewart is a partner at Rossway Swan in Vero Beach and a third generation Florida lawyer. He started his bar service with the Florida Bar Young Lawyers Division, ultimately serving as its president in 2006 to 2007. From 2007, to 2018, Mr. Stewart was a representative of the 19th Circuit of the Florida Bar's Board of Governors, and in June 2019, he was sworn in as the 71st president of the Florida Bar. He is currently the immediate past president of the Florida Bar. Uh, Mr. Stewart was also listed uh, in the 2019 edition of Florida Trend Magazine's Florida 500 as one of Florida's 500 most influential leaders in the category of law. Um, He maintains a very active bar leadership. He currently serves as the Florida Bar Special, as chair of the Florida Bar Special Committee on the Delivery of Legal Services. Uh, and is a member of the Supreme Court's task force on the distribution of IOTA funds. In addition, Mr. Stewart serves as the executive committee uh, on the executive committee of the National Conference of Bar Presidents, which organization provides education, training to national and state bar leaders. There is a lot more that I could say about Mr. Stewart. As you can tell, he has a very impressive and lengthy um, record of leadership and service in the bar organizations, but I just want to go ahead and extend a very warm welcome. Thank you so much for joining us this morning, John. Nikisha, thank you for having me and thank you for reading that wonderful bar introduction that I know the Florida Bar wrote for me when I was president and I still still like to hear it, even even as embellished as it may be. So uh, thank you for that. (laughs) I'm sure it's not too embellished. I also uh, neglected to point out, perhaps most importantly, that John and I um, are both alumni of the distinguished Nova Southeastern University Shepherd Broad Law School. So uh, go Sharks. (laughs) Yes, that's true. That's true. I'm glad to see more of us, you know, percolating through the leadership ranks like you, Nikisha. I think we need it. Absolutely. Thank you, John. Okay, so um, let's just jump into our discussion. As I just went over, you clearly have a long history of Florida Bar engagement and leadership. Prior to becoming president of the Florida Bar in 2019, you served on the board of governors for 11 years. And then before that, as I mentioned, as president of the Young Lawyers Division. Tell us about how and why you first became involved in bar leadership. How did how did that decision come about to get involved? Well, it's uh, it's fairly inauspicious, uh, and I'm from a smaller circuit, the 19th, uh, the Fighting 19th, as I like to say when I was going around as president, and uh, from a smaller 
county within the 19th Indian River County Bureau Beach. And so when I started, we didn't really have a lot of young lawyers sections of the bar associations because they're fairly small already and uh, they weren't the same operations as you might find in Broward County or Dade County or Hillsborough or Orange. Um, and so truthfully, uh, I found out about the Young Lawyers Division of the Florida Bar reading about it in the Florida Bar News. And there was a spot that sounded interesting. I had no idea what it was about, really. Um, and uh, there was someone in the seat, but I decided to go ahead and just put my name in and run. And I was fortunate enough to get elected, not knowing at all what I was getting into, but quickly learned that uh, some of the best lawyers uh, and really best people that I've met, uh, gotten to know both personally and professionally came from from that group uh, and, and from my service. And so I really just had no clue what I was getting into. It was fairly accidental. And then when I got into it, uh, I just enjoyed it so much that I just uh, I couldn't let it go. I just kept going. Yeah, I can certainly relate to that. Um, you know, I, I call myself somewhat of a bar junkie <laughs> um, because once you get involved, uh, it, it definitely becomes a little bit of a little bit addictive. Um, it's very rewarding. You know, I always tell young fellow young lawyers, um, it's very rewarding. I think um, it certainly enhances the the practice of law and, and enhances your. Um, your professional career. And I've, I've spoken to Mary, many bar leaders um, who said, you know, if it wasn't for my involvement in local bar associations, I certainly would not have enjoyed um, practicing law for as long as I have. Just adds a different, um, different element. And once you become involved, you kind of become a, a bar junkie, so to speak, where you kind of get hooked. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great for young lawyers who are wanting to get involved, just to know that the, the depth and breadth of the bar opportunities are so significant um, as you're learning in Leadership Academy. And it's probably you already knew to some extent. But, you know, until you really dive into it, you, you know, you don't have to go into the Board of Governors or the Young Lawyers Board of Governors. I mean, there you know, we have our sections that cover the gamut of all the practice areas and all different uh, types of issues. We have committees, you know, grievance committees, you know, committees that cover every practice area and, you know, rulemaking and um, voluntary bar committees. So there's so many ways to get involved with the bar that that's one thing that, you know, it's hard, it's hard to learn about the bar sometimes. And to the extent that young lawyers can just poke around on the bar's website and just, you will find something that interests you. It doesn't have to be one of the few things that tends to get talked about more than others. Mm -hmm. Yes, well said. Um, now, we've probably touched on this a little bit, but as a segue, you know, that brings me to my next question of how and if yes, in what ways would you say that the bar leadership, your bar leadership uh, activities and involvement have enhanced your your legal practice? Um, so your actual, you know, your, your practice of law, uh, how has it helped you to grow as a lawyer, if at all? No, it's definitely made me a better lawyer for sure. I mean, on so many levels. I mean, I think starting with the people that you meet, uh, you know, really you meet really top level lawyers that are at the top of their game. And if nothing else, you can just start to learn and pick their brains about what they're doing to make yourself just a better practitioner, even if it's from organizing your time or how to handle whatever type of matter you're doing. So you meet really quality, great lawyers, which is which is one important aspect. 
Uh, I think another important aspect is it forces you to manage your time, learn how to manage your time, because as you start to do more uh, in your volunteer efforts with the bar, that takes more time. And you want to balance that, of course, with your work responsibilities and also with your family and personal responsibilities. So you learn to to balance your time. And uh, on that note, I'll make a little aside. I tell this to any young lawyer that will listen to me, which last year's president was a lot, you know, to me as past president, not as many, but uh, I tell people, especially young lawyers, it's important to be involved, but don't overextend yourself. You know, find something you like or find something you think you like and, and do that, but don't try to necessarily do two, three, four or five things. And I think that you, you just have to realize that you have time, you have time to achieve what you want to achieve. And if you do too much too early and overextend yourself, I think, you can't do it as well uh, as you would as you would like. And I would say the last uh, point uh, in the way that the bar leadership has helped me is two things. It reminds you when you're involved with the, the, the diversity of people that you get to be involved with on committees or sections or boards, um, that diversity of views and diversity of input and diversity of background is important in whatever decision-making process you're making. You just make better decisions when you involve more people. And more people that are not exactly like you. Um, and that's good to be reminded of. And I think we also learn um, how to lead. You know, and early, what you're learning in Leadership Academy um, in part will benefit the Florida Bar to the extent of your involvement. But I know because I was involved, I had a very small part, you know, in, in its creation uh, or at least in its implementation. And President Gene Pettis, it was his brainchild, and he's the one who gets the lion's share of the credit. Um, But part of the purpose is to make lawyer leaders in our communities and frankly, being involved in the in the bar in general uh, makes you a better leader. And that's that's it's a valuable skill to learn. Some people are are born, but that's very few. Most of us have to learn the skill. And so I think those are sort of the top level summaries of what I think you can gain from participation in, in bar activities. Right. Absolutely. Um, You know, what you said just reminded me of uh, something I encountered when I was in law school. Um, I remember reading something about how we really aren't taught to lead in law school. You know, Um, you leave law school for most people that's around at 25 or 26 and you're out there and you're immediately managing folks. Right. You're managing your your secretary, you're managing your paralegal, you're managing other staff. But lawyers really haven't been equipped with those leadership skills, um, as you mentioned, um, or taught how to manage people. And so definitely I would agree with you 100 percent on how um, involvement in local bar activities and associations kind of enhances uh, leadership skills that we don't necessarily enter the profession with, but which are absolutely Um, important. Um, You touched on something that I want to delve a little bit more uh, into, and that's about the challenges that you faced (laughs) in the early part of 2020. So in the last few months of your tenure as president, as we all know, um, in the early part of of 2020, we were hit with the COVID-19 pandemic, right? What were some of the unique challenges um, that you were faced with as a result of that? And what measures did you implement to overcome those challenges? It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was a challenging time. I mean, looking back, especially now, we knew so little about what was coming. You know, we were making decisions. 
I remember very specifically um, in the early part of March um, when it was really starting to ramp up and we were, you know, it was before quarantine, but we knew things were coming. We were making decisions about things that were going to happen that month, thinking that by April or May, it would all be behind us. How wrong were we, huh? <laughs> right. I mean, we, I mean, that's just, we just had no idea. And, and really, I don't think many people did. So it was a challenging time, mainly because there was just no roadmap. Uh, no one had been through it before. Uh, the information was very scattered. We didn't know if it was going to be a week or a month. I can promise you that nobody thought it was going to be a year or 15 or 18 months. And then we, I think, I think the best thing that we did was we quickly learned that it was going to take some time. And we, uh, we were able to make decisions 30 days in advance. That's what we decided, that we would make decisions for 30 days. And we would communicate that to our members, whether they like the decisions or not, and whether, whether the circumstances might change or not. Because we learned that people would rather have certainty with news they didn't want to hear than have uncertainty you know, and, and have it change every week or every couple of days. So uh, the communication team at the Florida Bar, led by Francine Walker, was just amazing. I mean, as president, um, we, did, we had to do a lot more at, at the top level than we normally would you know, with our executive committee and with my president-elect at the time, Doria Foster Morales, who's doing a great job leading us hopefully out of this. And, uh, you know, we just communicated as much to our members as we could, as responsibly as we could, and giving them a roadmap for the next 30 days. And every 30 days, they'd hear from me about the next roadmap for the next 30 days. And I, I do think, and I did hear from a lot of members that while they maybe didn't love what they were hearing from me, they at least appreciated knowing that for the next 30 days, that's what their lives were going to look like insofar as the bar was concerned, um, relating to everything from whether or not there'd be any meetings uh, or whether or not there'd be an, an abatement on your CLE requirements or whether or not there'd be a delay or payment schedules on bar dues. I mean, it covered the gamut. So it was an interesting time. A lot of people have said, you know, were you really disappointed that it happened? Um, I was certainly disappointed that we didn't get to have some of the in-person meetings and that we haven't been able to since. I do miss that. I think everybody misses that. I think we realized that the technology is great you know, I'm sort of a technology person. I've tried to push technology through the bar. Some people blame me for the pandemic as a way to get technology increased with uh, Florida lawyers. Um, but uh, but it also makes you realize that the, the in-person meetings are are important, and uh, we've certainly we've certainly missed that. But to me, I, I actually feel fortunate to have gone through the process because it was a unique and fun challenge to be in a position where nobody could tell you that they had been through that before. So with the team at the bar, with our executive director, Josh Doyle, with my president-elect, as I mentioned, um, with the executive committee, as many people as we can involve, we were making decisions that had never been made, which made it scary, but it was a challenge that I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Certainly we hope (laughs) only a once in a lifetime occurrence, right? (laughs) Uh, that never has to be repeated in our lifetime, but um, uh, certainly has forced us to make uh, so many changes just in all facets of life, really. Um, I've heard a lot of talk and read a lot about how the practice of law is going to be changed, perhaps permanently, you know, 
court hearings, depositions, mediations have been conducted predominantly um, virtually by Zoom or some, you know, Skype or some other um, such platform over the last year. And so there's been a lot of talk about whether we do even need to go back to the old way of doing things, or at least um, that there can be a hybrid method of doing it. So maybe we don't need to have uh, in-person motion calendar every single day. So certainly there is a lot of talk about, you know, changes that are going to come to the actual practice of law permanently. Now that we understand that it is possible, it is feasible based on the technology that's out there. There have been a lot of law firms that have shifted to, um, you know, having folks work remotely. And and, be, and because of that, they're seeing reduction in their overhead. So there's a question of whether or not that, that's going to be a hybrid um, arrangement going back, even when we are able to go back to business as usual, quote unquote. Right. That's a good point. I mean, I'm a, I'm a you know, as, as close to 100 percent confident as you can be. And I give a tremendous amount of credit to. Chief Justice Candidate, who's done a great job in the Supreme Court for promulgating orders that have allowed us to stay in business and making administrative rulings and orders such that, you know, eliminating rules that exist for a temporary period so that we could continue to work, continue to serve the public, continue to serve our clients. And I'm, I'm as I said, as close to 100 percent confident as I can be that those are not going to roll back to the way they were. I think the court is committed. I think the bar is committed to certainly retaining those changes that have proven to be effective, that have proven to make life a little easier, maybe a little bit more uh, sensitive on your time, maybe a little bit more cost effective. Um, And I think those changes will be permanent. Now, some things will roll back because they need to, but we'll definitely, the practice will never be what it was pre-COVID. And and I don't think that's bad. You know, I think it would have been nice to have a different way to get there (laughs) rather than have a pandemic. But we're not going to roll back entirely, and I think that will be positive. And and uh, just as a quick plug to my special committee um, that the court asked me to look at, you know, we're looking at issues that sort of relate around how the delivery of legal services sh- is going to look into the future and what changes, in addition to those that have already been made, should be considered to be made. And so, uh, so stay tuned. Our report's due to the court and to the Board of Governors on July one. So maybe after that comes out, you want to have me back for a briefing on on where on some of the recommendations we made, because I'm sure they will be thoughtful yet. I'm sure they will be uh, to some people uh, provocative. Certainly. I'm definitely looking forward to that. And we'd love to have you back for a follow up on that. Um, You know, it's often said that change doesn't come until it's forced. And this might be one of those situations where, you know, some good change actually came out of uh, this pandemic situation. Um, do you think, have you seen where uh, bar leadership, bar engagement has dwindled because of COVID-19? Do you feel like folks are less engaged in, in the bar? You know, I, I do think it, it is tough. Uh, I do think especially the smaller bars uh, have been hit harder because the smaller bars you know, existed more around the, the in-person interactions than maybe the larger bars and larger jurisdictions did. So I do think there has been there has been some hurting, but I but there's also been some positive. I mean, just taking my special committee for example. I mean, you know, before we would have met in person two or three times in various places. It might have been inconvenient for people from a cost perspective or a time perspective, and now we meet twice a month. 
in the setting sort of like we're doing right now. And it's, you know, just as effective and it saves on people's time and money. So I do think that uh, bars have been able to be innovative to actually bring more quality to their members uh, and, and actually keep their members at some level more engaged. But, uh, but you know, that, that has come also at the cost. The, the in-person side is valuable as well. And you just, you can't totally replace it. But what we've learned is I think when, when we do go back to what will be certainly a new normal, um, we will keep in place, the bar associations and, and the practice of law will keep in place these areas of technology that have improved us, but we'll also know that we're layering back in the in-person activities that make it so special for so many of us. And and having both is really the key. You know, when I was president, I talked a lot of, you know, people were, were concerned about the way technology was affecting the practice. And I talked a lot about technology plus the lawyer is greater than technology alone or the lawyer alone. And that's the same in the bar association context. Technology plus the in-person activities will make the bars, all of them, stronger and better than either what we can do through technology alone or what we can just do through the traditional in-person bar activities alone. Yeah, certainly. I definitely agree with that. All right, John, uh, it has been great speaking with you this morning. Um, I do have just one final question to close us out. Um, What advice would you give to young lawyers who are aspiring to bar leadership positions? What are what would you say are the best ways to become involved? Um, You know, for someone who uh, has not previously been involved is just kind of testing the waters what would you say is the best way for that young lawyer to just start out with their engagement well i'm a as i mentioned earlier in our conversation you know the bar has an unbelievable amount of opportunities that very few people know about all of them i mean until you've been involved in the bar long enough it's hard to know about all of them because there are so many and i'm also a firm believer that you can't do something really well if you don't really enjoy it and so I think you just need to, to, to look around at the bar, talk to people, talk to people in the Leadership Academy who know a lot, talk to Board of Governors members, uh, look on the bar's website. And if you don't find something you love right away, keep poking around until you find something you love. Because when you do that, you're inherently going to do well. Bar leaders recognize people who work hard. And people generally work hard when they're really doing something they enjoy. So I, I think that's the most important thing. I think too many people maybe look to the Board of Governors because it's you know the, the sort of a high level of leadership and certainly as type A personalities as lawyers, we always want to achieve certain things in our minds. But it's certainly not the be all end all. And I do think there's so many opportunities that you may enjoy more that you should explore. And, and there's a wealth of them. And uh, I would encourage that section involvement. I, I've been involved in sections, but never leadership capacity. Section involvement is just a really fantastic way also to be involved. You can learn not only about your practice areas, but also as you get involved in the section governance, you know, the leadership side of, of what we've been talking about as well. So there's there's a space for everyone, and I encourage more people to do it. And, and I think they would all be pleased that they did. 
All right. Great advice. Thank you so much. There is definitely no shortage of opportunities, um, just uh, a vast array of ways in which you can become involved. Um, like you said, it doesn't have to be starting at the highest level. There are so many, even in the lo- within the local bar associations, there are still those um, subsections that you mentioned uh, where, where uh, folks can definitely kind of get their feet wet and see, you know, just how involved they do want to become and, and, and take it from there. Um, but thank you so much for speaking with me this morning. Uh, I really appreciate your time and your participation. You've certainly um, given us a lot of great nuggets uh, and a lot of information on um being involved in Florida bar leadership, you know, how to go about doing that and some of the benefits and the rewards of doing so. So we thank you so much for your time. And definitely I would love to have a follow-up conversation with you about that special committee you're working on um, around the provision or delivery of legal services uh, in in some some new and innovative ways. So yeah, well, thanks uh, for having me. I appreciate it and enjoy the Leadership Academy. It's uh, everyone that I know that has been through it has has loved it and learned from it. So I'm glad you're a part of it. Thank you so much, John. All right. Well, you have a great day and we'll we'll uh, hopefully have a follow up conversation soon. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you.